I wanted to go ahead and start this bad boy off by just uh, saying thank you to everybody. I, I truly appreciate the support over this uh, past year and a half of operating the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. We've definitely had some great individuals on, and as it stands today, um, you know, we're, we're following suit. I've been working with CL Services for years. You know, my, I first started working with them back in 2018, and now I welcome them to the stage as ProSponsive Logistics, and I'm just very, very excited to have you on, Jeff. How you been, brother? I've been doing good, been doing good. So, um, yeah, so, you know, working with you and, uh, you know, the uh, transportation business, I mean, it's just going crazy. Yes, sir. Uh, so it's been, it's been, while we've had a pandemic, it has still been a fun two years. I agree. I agree. And I feel like supply chain is getting the attention and the credit that it deserves. Um, so that is very exciting. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I, I can tell you that I don't feel like a, uh, a used Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman anymore. <laughs> a door-to-door salesman, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay, how are you doing, sir? I'm great, Jory. Thank you very much. Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, so, again, everybody, welcome so much to the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. Uh, we've been running this bad boy every single Wednesday for the last basically year and a half. And then last Wednesday was the first Wednesday I didn't do this ever. And it was because I had a great time at Modex that took place here in the Atlanta area. Uh, but I ended up getting I ended up getting COVID, man. It sucked. But I'm back at it. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I did, man. I made some great connections at Modex. Um, I actually even saw your team there. You know, uh, we were waiting in line together, essentially, because there was a huge bottleneck on that first day uh, of registering. But anyways, I had a great time, so I'm happy to be back um, and, you know, interviewing some great people here on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Jeff, Jay, look, I know who you guys are. But I would love it. I would love it if um, you know you can do a, a brief introduction of yourself, Jeff. Let's start with you because uh, you founded this organization some uh, twenty five years ago. So, Jeff, uh, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Okay. Well, uh, my name's Jeff Lance. I've been in uh, who the transportation and brokerage uh, industry now for. Um, Boy, almost 35 years, I think. Uh, started out back in 1987 with C.H. Robinson. Got my education from the school of C.H. Robinson. Hung with those guys for almost nine years and then uh, uh, ventured off to um, start a brokerage for uh, KLLM Transport. Wow. And then, um, after that, went to Turbo Transport and uh, met my business partner, Russ Caudell. Um, and he and I formulated, uh, uh, CL services. And today, um, 26, almost 26 years later, we're at 25 and a half, I guess. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're still kicking and growing. Um, and, um, 
we recruited uh, Jay Matthews, who, uh, you know, thank thank God he took a took a chance on us uh, because he has been he has been a blessing to our organization. Yes. Um, and uh, I'll let him tell his story. But man, he has been been a very dynamic individual to have on board here at this company. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So look, uh, we're going w- to w- I'm definitely going to come back and talk to you some about your your background, Jeff. Um, but I did want to go ahead and pass the mic over to Jay. Uh, please, sir, if you could give us a little bit about your background. Certainly. And uh, thank you, Jeff, for that. What an introduction. Wow. Um, so, Jory, I'm a, I'm a CPA by trade, actually. I, I got my accounting degree um, and worked in various finance roles, both in banking and in private industry and in manufacturing and had been in manufacturing for a number of years uh, when the company I was working for, which was in the food manufacturing business, got bought out. And I was the um, CFO of the company and, and got um, basically waylaid through that um, acquisition looking for a job and landed at a uh, transportation logistics company, a 3PL called Scott Logistics, which is based in Rome, Georgia, as their CFO. So I stumbled into transportation. I, I tell people I didn't know the first thing about it, honestly. Um, the first thing I had to do was talk to a truck driver one time about a, a lumper. He was mad because the <laughs> comp check that we had issued on a lumper charge didn't work, and I had no idea what a comp check was, <laughs> no idea what a lumper was. So I stumbled through that conversation. But here I am, uh, 14 years later, actually, I was 12 years with Scott Logistics, and I've been with uh, Prospensive Logistics. Almost said CL Services. That's a no-no around here. We're trying to <laughs> yes, sir. Get used to our new name, but um, I, I I was fortunate and blessed enough to be uh, to introduce to uh, Russ Caudell and Jeff Lance, and and you're meeting Jeff tonight, and they are two of the finest fellows that one can meet. And if anybody is blessed, it's me because um the company was ripe for tremendous growth and. Together as a team, we've been able to orchestrate a strategic plan that's been amazing. And um, and I, I joined uh, a month before COVID hit, you know, so uh, before the wow. pandemic hit, I should say. So it's been a it's been an interesting two years, but it's been a great two years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I, I'm very pleased to uh, to have you both here on stage. And, you know, I've worked with Scott Logistics for a very long time. So, you know, that's very familiar to me. Uh, back wow. dispatching for a corporation. I, that's when I, I met you guys as an organization, but I definitely know Scott as well. Um, but interestingly enough, you know, it seems like a lot of the people who have come out and created their own brokerages, their own freight brokerages, they definitely learn from the tree of C.H. Robinson. You know, it's, it's produced some, some heavy hitters out here. Would you say so? <laughs> there are. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got um, probably the most famous one of them all. Well, I don't know. I, I take that back. Um, the, the most famous one of them all would be Alan Lund. Um, and the Alan Lund Company and Alan Lund and his organization. Alan was a, uh, a uh, really a mentor to me. Um, I knew Alan personally. Um, his daughter lived in uh, uh, Fayetteville, Georgia, and uh, he would uh, periodically come into Atlanta and visit his daughter. His uh, uh, son-in-law was a uh, – um, he might be retired now. He was a pilot with Delta. Okay. Uh, 
So they lived in Fayetteville, and uh, but he was a uh, a pretty big mentor to me, and Russ knew him too. Uh, but I think I probably ran into him more frequently uh, down in Fayetteville and Peachtree City because that's where I live. Um, and then, uh, you know, Jeff Silver, I guess, probably would be him, number two. <laughs> yeah, him and him and Paul Logue probably would be the um, two two biggest hitters. Yes, sir. Uh, um, you know, uh, with their billion dollar uh, companies, and they've done it multiple times now. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> um, those, those two guys there, but you know, they're, they're, they're big on the technology and, and the technology platforms to, to make this, um, uh, business really move fast and exciting. Yes. Now, that was one of the reasons why Robinson bought them was because of the technology, um, that they had. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate that, man. That was a history lesson. Um, but for sure, there's been a lot of you know, a lot of bright minds in freight brokerage and logistics that have come from, you know, C.H. Robinson back in the day. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a pleasure to have you here on stage. And while I do have you, Jeff, what 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 prompted you to go and start your own freight brokerage? What did you want to see in the industry that you weren't seeing before? Well, I think that, um, you know, that's a that's a really tough question. I get asked that question often. Um, you know, I think for me, it was just the, uh, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit and, uh, really wanting to take a chance, um, doing something that was, uh, a bit risky and being able to jump out there off that ledge and, and, um, uh, take that chance. I'm, um, uh, by nature, I'm a risk taker. I, I feel like, you know, nothing in this world belongs to me. It's not going to go with me. Um, and so I just feel like that, you know, if you don't take chances in life, what have you really gained out of life? If you don't, you know, if you don't mentor people and, and all of that stuff that goes along with that is just, uh, uh, part of life. You know, it's like, um, you know, probably one of my biggest regrets was, um, not going in the military. Um, you know, when I got out of college, I wanted to go in the military, but they weren't taking anybody. I even went and applied to go in the Coast Guard, uh, but there, there was a freeze on um, on the military at that point in time when I got out of college because, I, frankly, I was fine. I was kind of struggling to get in a job. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like I felt like after being at home uh, from school for a month, I was, you know, not going anywhere. But then Robinson called me up and asked me if I wanted to move to Atlanta, and I said. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> so I jumped right on that train. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I think that's a, a very, very great answer to the question, you know. And I say that because that, that touched my life, too. You know, just like taking the risk. Uh, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to feel most satisfied about 20 years from now that, you know, I, you know, I was working for a corporation and, you know, work my way up or that I was able to manifest something and see it through and put all my time, energy, grit, effort, all those kind of great things and, you know, really establish a legacy. So um, that's technically, that's my story that you're saying. And I just pray for the same success that you've been able to uh, see in your lifetime. 
Well, I think that success really is, uh, um, you know, it's in the beginning when you start a business, you start it for really your own reasons. And when I look back on it and I think, you know, you know, if I really think about my reasons, my reasons were kind of selfish. Um, and as you grow the business and you start bringing more people on board and you start having more mouths to feed, you start having more responsibility, you start having people that are having families, it really changes that whole whole view and that whole dynamic. Um, so now it becomes a much greater purpose other than yourself. And, and you can't let it stop. You have to keep it going. Um, so it's just something that you, you just can't, once you, once you get so far down that path, you can't turn back. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I agree with you 100%, brother. So thank you so much for, uh, mentioning that bad boy. All right. So look, now it's 2022 and, you know, we are knee deep in what they consider the golden age of trucking. You know, we've had some, some very, 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 uh, nice rates for the, for the trucking industry, you know, for carriers, they've been able to uh, experience some of the best rates ever. Now we are also having some of the most expensive diesel costs. The, the fuel costs are outrageous. It's kind of, you know, the, the margins that were there aren't there anymore just because, you know, just the expenses themselves. Um, you know, for you guys, do you feel like that the, we're kind of slipping out of that golden age, you know, the rates and all that kind of stuff that you guys are getting from your customers. Um, do you feel like things are kind of declining or how do you feel about that? And either one of you guys can speak to it. You know, that right there is just, uh, you know, just one of those questions because, you know, as a dispatcher, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am the owner of Atlanta dispatch. That's kind of how I, I met you. Uh, met your team at the Atlanta Logistics Connection uh, to even be here to uh, talk right now. But I own a transportation company. I dispatch for multiple uh, carriers. So I'm seeing these rates starting to change a bit. You know, they're not as lovely as they've been. And, uh, you know, you, you guys being on the on the other side, like on the, the customer facing side, what do you believe in is going to happen in the next few months? Well, I'll let Jay handle the math portion of that because that's right up his alley. But I guess I'm looking for more clarity. Are you seeing the rates? You're seeing them go up, down? Which? Um, well, I'm. I would say that I'm starting to see, uh, you know, them being a little bit tighter on the rates. So the rates are starting to decline from what I'm seeing, um, and I know that. And let me sprinkle a little bit more seasoning on that. I know contract rates are the highest they've been. Mm -hmm. um, but spot rates, I feel like, is what I'm starting to see slip a little bit. Um, have you guys noticed anything like that? I, I would agree with that here in the southeast. Um, I think out west, uh, from talking to our teams, um, the rates are still uh, pretty high. Uh, on the West Coast. Uh, but here on the East Coast, I think they are starting to uh, fall a little bit. Capacity starting to loosen up a little bit. Um, but um, out West, it's still uh, pretty tough. Okay. 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 You know, um, I, I will definitely take that. Jay, did you have anything that you wanted to add to that question? 
Well, I would say I agree agree with Jeff, and I think we are starting to see rates fall. You know, there's been a loosening even just this past week, which is interesting. Um, but you know, you mentioned fuel, and that's that's a big component, right? Obviously, of of freight rates and how that gets passed along, and and that's been tricky to navigate because, to your point, it's uh, fuel has gone up tremendously, and so. Fortunately for us, you know, all we do is mitigate, you know, between the carrier and the shipper. We have to pass that along. We can't absorb, you know, the increase in fuel rates. We pass it along, and ultimately it's the consumer that pays the price, right, at the grocery store and, you know, in various retail places, right? So, um, but it has been really tricky, and and it's been unfortunate because it's created, again, you know, margin that's got to ultimately be passed along to the consumer so that's the only comment i would have really about that yes sir all right well yeah i'll, I'll definitely take uh, both of your points on that and you know i wanted to mention that that you know that whole coin term of the golden age of trucking 2022 and you know now why now when it comes to rebranding like what what are you guys uh, wanting to accomplish with the rebrand to ProSponsive Logistics. I'm going to delegate you, that one to Jay. <laughs> he, took, he, took, he took on this initiative, and uh, it's been. It, I'm just going to say it's been great. Okay. It, it has been. And, you know, and of course, give credit to Jeff and Russ, because 10 years ago they actually trademarked a word that they created and it was a combination of the words proactive and responsive because that's what they wanted to convey to their customers, you know, is that, that we're proactive when we need to be, we're, we're uh, responsive when we need to be. And, and what a great word to trademark. And so yes, sir. we've used it in our tagline for I mean, 10 years now. In fact, we just renewed the trademark. So it's 10 years old this year, but, um, so as we begin to think about that, you know, we, we're talking internally about culture and, you know, culture is so important these days. And, um, you know, culture is made up of, of, of your people, right. And how your people feel and the fact that your people feel valued, they feel included. They, you know, there's diversity in your employee group, um, that they see an opportunity and they see growth, right. And they, have financial stability. All those things are culture mixed up together. And so when we talk about wanting to reflect our culture to the public, you know, CL Services was a legacy name. C stands for Caudel, L stands for Lance, the two owners, founders of the company. And they built up this wonderful culture and 25 years of, of great success. And we had our 25th um, anniversary celebration, January the 8th, because we were 25 years old, January the 1st of this year. And so we decided to, you know, sort of launch this rebrand as, as a new era. And it basically boils down to Jory that we want to, we want the public to know who we are and what we do. That's literally what it is, who we are. We're responsive. We've got a culture of being proactive and responsive. And that is that is um, stimulated by our employees who feel valued and included and, and feel like they've got growth and opportunity. So, you know, it's an accountability thing, too, because when we now say we are prosponsive logistics and we tell that to the world, our people are accountable to that. Right. So the first time they're not proactive in a situation or they're not responsive to our customer, or our carrier partners, 
you know, then they're going to be called out. You know, what what do you say in your prosponsive? How how does a prosponsive person act this way? So it, it's who we are and it's accountability. And the logistics tells the story of what we do. And in our name, CL Services, it didn't it doesn't tell the world that we're in the logistics business. And so we felt like it was somewhat necessary to get our name out there from you know the standpoint of what we do. But most importantly, it was to reflect who we are and our culture. And that's this pro-sponsive name that we're now uh, rebranding ourselves under. Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, well, I appreciate that response. And, you know, even just having a candid conversation with Tim, you know, your marketing fellow, um, he's a great guy, by the way. Um, yes, I, yes. yes, sir. I, I agree. I think he is. And, um, you know, I, I did get that that feeling just by hearing the word. It was a very positive uh, response to it. It made me feel like somebody was, you know, getting ready to do something good. You know, the proactive and responsive. I feel those things. So, um, you know, I think that's a, a very good word choice. And uh, branding wise, uh, you do want something that's very unique like that. So uh, it seems like you guys were definitely ahead of the curve getting the trademark and everything. Yes, sir. And that's a tribute to Russ and Jeff. And, you know, all I did was just take that and get a lot of credit for orchestrating something that they developed. So um, and another thing we did, Jory, too, is we we established a mission statement and core values and three core values, which are integrity, loyalty and and um, solutions. And that's very important to us, too, because we wanted to convey through those those core values that we are a solution provider. We always want to be proactive when it comes to providing solutions to our customers. We're loyal to our customers and our carrier partners. Um, you know, being the 3PL business, you know, we, we're, you know, a broker. So we're the intermediary. We're between two parties, um, the shipper who is our customer, but the carrier who is our partner. And we can't do either one, you know, we can't do what we do without either one. And so, um, it's very important that they understand those core values too, and that we're loyal to the both to both sides, and um, in trying to to be the best we can for our customers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I appreciate that response. And you know, well, let me ask this: this this might, I don't know if this would be the first time you've ever been asked this question, but is there any plan uh, for ProSponsive Logistics to become asset based anytime soon? I'll defer that to Jeff because my answer to that would be no, because I'm not an asset guy. I don't know anything about trucking. You know, I'm a financial guy. So, Jeff, you take that question. How about it? <laughs> uh, well, um, we do run trucks um, as CL Services Transport. We we run a, um, a small owner-operator fleet. And we have some trailers, and we have trailers dropped at customers. Um, I think that going forward in the future, um, you know, the price of equipment just went through the roof also during this right. time period. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, trailers probably went up, uh, you know, uh, 30%, 40% in value. Um, used trailers cost as much as a new one almost. Um, so I think that in due time, um, you know, there are a lot of third party brokers out there that have trailers. Um, so I think that having trailers, uh, accessible for, um, uh, you know, to put it customers, uh, for drop trailer pools, um, that, that's, that is a, a possibility that we might go down that avenue. Um, but I don't think we'll ever own any trucks. 
Gotcha. Yeah, you know, I'm hearing the ownership of trucks is a little scary these days, especially with the, uh, you know, the changing of the regulations regarding, you know, the environment, you know, the big push for electronic or electric, excuse me, not electronic, electric, um, you know, battery powered uh, vehicles. And uh, so I understand that. But if you're looking for trailers, man, you got to holler at my guy, Delmard. Uh, he's actually here in the Atlanta area as well. So uh, I think that you guys will hit it off great. Um, yeah, but he's definitely he's the trailer guy. If there's anybody I ever knew as a trailer guy. So now who's he with? Uh, he's his own entity. You know, he, he started out as an owner. Well, as a as a uh, I don't want to say he started out. He was a company driver for, I believe, Swift way back when. And then he uh, became an owner operator. And now, you know, he he's found his niche in selling trailers like he, he he rehabs a lot of trailers and he just has a huge customer base here in the southeast. Um so, yeah, he's, he's just a great guy. He's one of the folks who I've interviewed on this platform before. Um, but, yeah, I'll definitely connect you guys if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah, hook us up. Uh, will do, man. Will do. Um, so we got Pro Sponsors Logistics here on the stage. Uh, you know, this is a rebrand from CL Services, who I met you guys as. And, you know, we might have some opportunities of becoming – uh, you know, deeper with your trailer pool. Um, but is there anything else that, you know, we should be knowing about your organization? You know, is there, because, and let me, let me, let me season that question a little bit more. Uh, the transportation and logistics clubhouse basically caters to folks that are in this industry. It is comprised of owner operators, fleet owners, brokers, soon to be brokers, uh, dispatchers, and, you know, just everybody in between. You know, so is there anything else that you will want uh, people to take away from this conversation when they hear the word, uh, the company name, Prosponsive Logistics? Well, well, real quick, I'll go back to the truck thing. We're always looking for and recruiting owner operators. We don't have a high turnover. Uh, we take care of our owner operators, but we are looking to grow the owner operator fleet. But that's not our bread and butter of our business. Um, but we do have a lot of freight available for owner operators, uh, for the owner operators that are on this platform and listening. Um, we do just that plug. I'll, I'll throw that plug in there that we do have a lot of in-house freight. And with our footprint in the southeast and all of our offices, we have access to a lot of freight in-house uh, for those owner operators, that is driver friendly freight. Nice. I mean, because that's a big thing, driver friendly. You know, we don't want folks breaking their back. <laughs> you know, with these uh, these driver assist loads. So now that's awesome. Um, and I know you guys also have you have a drayage operation as well. Would that be part of what you are looking for owner operators to uh, you know assist you guys with? Uh, yeah, um, Jay can add on that because he really was part of putting that team he really put that team together and and our dre operation division is uh uh kind of relatively new but man they have grown like wildfire yeah for sure and you know it is a brokerage um operation jory so it um you know but we always are looking for your know, drayage partners out of, out of the port areas. And so expanding that every day, and it's amazing 
how much that that has grown in such a short period of time. And as Jeff stated, we had a young gentleman. And again, this goes back to the culture we're trying to create um, is that he sees the opportunity to learn that business. And um, we gave him the opportunity to manage it. Once uh, he had spent about a year really studying it, trying to figure it out. We made a lot of mistakes in the process, but, um, you know, it's, it's created a tremendous amount of opportunity for us, you know, namely through the backup of the ports and, you know, and all the things that are happening in the supply chain. But, um, yeah, so it, it's a, it's a brokerage operation. We've added to it. I'm always looking for great partners because, um, we've got a lot of customers who are in desperate need of that. So I'd say that. Um, yeah, sure. Another thing I wanted to mention too, Joy, you talked about your perspective. What what do we want to know? You know, we're we're in a geographical expansion phase too, and that's another very important part of our strategy and in creating opportunity. And we have now seven branches, um, so we're branching out of Atlanta. You know, when I joined, um, Jeff and Russ had actually formed a second branch out of in the North Atlanta location, which was really formed to try to attract people. Um, talent in the north northern arc of the city we're based in the southern arc of the city um and we're corporately we've been for 25 years but we're also expanding out and five of those seven branches right now are organically grown meaning that they were grown from people within the organization that were growing in their career in in brokerage and so we have um we just opened up Kansas City. That was our seventh one. They opened up in January of this past year, of this year, of 2022. And um, and so we're really excited about the opportunity we're creating for people through this expansion. And we're always looking for talent and people that want to join our organization. And um, we have another, our eighth branch that's uh, going to open up in May. We can't announce that yet. We've not announced it because this gentleman actually works for a competitor and we'll wait for. Um, you know, him to resign before we'll announce that. But um, really excited about the geographical expansion, too. We're in Denver, Colorado, um, Kansas City, Jackson, Mississippi, and we Athens, Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, and then two here in Atlanta. Nice. Well, congratulations on the growth. You know, that is a, that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, even with you mentioning uh, the, the Colorado, does that mean that they – have a lot of local customers because even as a you know someone who moves a lot of freight uh primarily on box trucks and on semis you know the 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 colorado area always kind of you know left me a little stumped i had to you know i kind of avoided that (laughs) so do you feel like it's a a good freight market out there well we have a very large uh, enterprise customer that we developed out of there and so um yeah so it's been wonderful um, it's a, it's a food, you know, uh, distribu- distributor maybe, or a manufacturer. So, um, but yeah, you know, we were actually, you know, because it services, I guess the West coast and it's closer to the West coast. A couple of, um, months ago from the protest, you know, of, um, the decision that was made against a driver yes, you know, sir. that you're aware of, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Certainly put a put a, a damper on um, freight moving through Colorado, but um, yes, sir, it is. Um, it's been interesting, but it's been good. It's been really good for us. Oh, good, good, good. And you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that situation. It definitely put a damper on it. You know, just being so uh, you know close to the ground and hearing everybody's 
uh, candid responses about that. I know personally there were so many different uh, fleet owners and dispatch companies that just avoided that area like the plague until, you know, there was something different done. So um, you know, I, I pray things get a little bit better for your customer, but I, I definitely, you know, uh, it, 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 it surprised me, you know, what happened. So yeah, I'm not surprised that it had the cultural outpour the way that it did. Indeed. Yes, I tell you, the, the office we leased out there in uh, Denver is uh, a sublease of another transportation brokerage company that was out there. And uh, I actually ran into one of those guys and uh, he said that they struggled at recruiting people out there in Denver. And I looked at him like, wow, because <laughs> we, we have not had um, any struggle at recruiting people out there. Um, and, uh, you know, recruiting people, um, we're always looking for great talent, as Jay mentioned. But, you know, we, we have a, a good pipeline of people. Uh, uh, to come on board. I mean, they. I, I really think that the uh, the word of mouth and the culture and the reputation that we have built and uh, has really gotten out on the streets, and uh, that has um, really aided us a lot in our um, uh, recruiting of uh, um, high quality talent uh, to come on board with us. Oh yes, sir. Well, yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. You know. I say this quite frequently, but word of mouth is the purest form of marketing. It, it, it means so much for somebody to uh, personally validate and vouch for an organization. And, you know, that's that's all a business can really ever ask for is for somebody to not only enjoy the, the service and the quality that, that they've received, but also be an advocate to their friends and peers and colleagues. So, um, you know, that is, that's amazing. That's exactly how my company Atlanta dispatch LLC has gotten every single one of my clients has been purely word of mouth, uh, whether it be, you know, my, my, my customers or even just like, a D Hey, what's up D like brokers that I use to, uh, that I, I book freight with on a regular basis is, is folks that are just willing to speak on your behalf that, uh, it might make things a little bit easier for your organization, so uh, that's that's awesome to hear. Um, I think I think these these churn and burn um, organizations that are um, you know recruiting as many people as they can bring in, and then you know they hang on to them, then they cut cut half that class, and I think these churn and burn organizations are starting to go to the wayside. Um, I think that um, you know. Um, people are getting smarter than that, and they're not really willing to go with those types of organizations when it comes to uh, accepting a job. And uh, our goal is not to have that turn and burn. Our goal is to how long can we keep them, how far can we promote them, because we want to keep them in the seat. We want to promote them from there and beyond and see them grow. Yes, sir. I think that's the the right way to go about it. And, you know, there was a conversation that was kind of taking place uh, when I had Jeff Silver's son on this uh, platform about the non-compete and just, uh, you know, how it's kind of hindered some of his operations just because uh, a broker 
a brokerage will, you know, try to contractually lock somebody in versus treating them right, paying them right, promoting them and all that kind of stuff to keep them happy and, you know, satisfied within their own organization. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I've heard it. I've heard it and I see it uh, all the time. So I appreciate you even uh, bringing that up. Yes, sir. Well, look, let me ask this. This is a this is a little bit different because I don't know if when your organization first got created, if this was a service that was around. But, you know, just personally, you know, man to man, how do you feel about dispatch services? Uh, well, I know that is uh, a topic of discussion with the TIA right now. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, uh, with the dispatch services that the TIA, this isn't my opinion, um, it, that, uh, you know, they're, uh, looking for, um, accountability as far as, um, you know, uh, you know, making sure these drivers get paid, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, when somebody takes a load, that there's some sort of accountability factors in there. Um, you know, if they're taking a load from a broker or from a shipper. But I do think that, you know, for the small owner-operator that is trying to make it on his own, that's running, you know, one, two trucks, um, I think the dispatch services are, you know, pretty vital to their existence. Um, and that, you know, those relationships – uh, with those owner operators, I don't know how how you're handling it. If you're if you're getting involved with the billing and the payable uh, side of it, or if um, the uh, 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 if that owner operator is actually doing the billing, or you're helping him process that paperwork, I think it really depends on how far um, what what the level of um, uh, accountability is and what the level of participation is uh, yes. for the dispatch service. Yes, sir. Okay. So, I mean, truth be told, I would say that I'm more side, I'm on their side as well, you know, the CIA and what they're talking about. I mean, and to me, uh, all right, I'll just speak for my company individually. I don't feel as though I should be touching uh, a motor carrier's money. That should go to them and I should get my uh, my payments from them directly. Um, so if we're talking about a company that is, you know, a dispatch company that is receiving the funds from the shipper slash broker and then distributing it out to the, the motor carrier, that's a little off in my book. You know, uh, you know, that right there sounds like somebody that wants to be a broker and, you know, if you want to be a broker, go get your authority, you know, pay your three hundred dollars, get your surety bond and, you know, get it on and popping. But, uh, you know, a dispatcher in my mind is someone that is catering to that owner operator operator, that small fleet or, you know, just has uh, relationships with shippers or freight brokers that, you know, uh, allow them to leverage those relationships to get. Uh, high-paying, consistent, dependable freight. Um, so I don't think that – I think that it's a difference between, um, you know, the type of dispatch service that might be um, causing issues and the ones that I, I, I kind of uh, frequent and I, I talk to. You know, we have some, some very professional organizations, some professional outfits, uh, especially in the Atlanta area. 
from uh, Metro Max. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them, but they're doing it at a, a level that I've, you know, you, you're not going to see it done at their level because they're, they're great. Um, to a Gold Star Logistics and, you know, of course, my company, Atlanta Dispatch LLC. Um, but, you know, the whole point, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because we, we you know, we need folks like you, you know, to have the buy-in mm-hmm. by the, the brokerages, you know, the folks who have the freight to move to actually trust um, that we're going to do our job to make sure that the freight uh, gets moved from A to B and, you know, everybody's happy in the meantime. So that's the reason why I wanted to pose that question to you, um, you two, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, some some folks might make a, you know, a, a dispatcher's rep a little interesting. But, uh, you know, there are some good folks out here that are working hard to get the job done, just like you. Well, you know, that that goes to that goes without saying for any business, any industry, there's always somebody that's causing some sort of grief. Right. Um, and um, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Um and I think part of the problem is that some of the dispatch services out there are not acting as a factor, but kind of acting as a factor where they're receiving the money, like you just said, and then they're not paying the owner-operator, the driver, or they're short paying him. And then that owner-operator is turning around and calling the broker back up and saying, hey, I didn't get all my money. Right. And I think that's where the problem lies. I think, I think that when – the dispatch service has the broker or shipper pay them instead of paying the owner operator directly. Um, that's where it gets tangled up. And I think that, you know, if um, you're running it as a true dispatch service, you're negotiating for that driver. Um, so you're helping him out. You're looking for the freight for him. Uh, because he's on the road. He doesn't have time to be making all these phone calls and doing all this negotiation. Um, and I think that that service is really of value to those small owner-operators out there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree 100%. Um, and, you know, it feels good to hear someone from, you know, your stature who has been able to create such a successful freight organization, uh, you know, be on that same train, um, so I guess long story short, holla at me because I'm trying to get some more prospensive logistics freight for my owner operators that are out of the Atlanta area, that are out of the, the, the Jersey area and that are working these drainage, uh, areas. So, you know, I just, you know, I just want to just say, I look forward to working with you guys some more. Uh, I first started working with you in 2018 and you know, it looks better and better every day. So I appreciate you guys for joining well, thank That's you. Great. Thank you very great. much. Absolutely. Yes, uh, well, look, um, at the end of the day, um, it's a pleasure having you guys on. Is there anything that you guys want to say for closing remarks? And while I'm I'm asking that, do you mind if I open the the floor to some folks to ask some questions themselves? Oh, absolutely. Certainly. Okay. Certainly. So, folks, if you have any questions, please go ahead and raise your hand. And while I see D, come on now. Come say what's up. Hey, Grace. What's up, Grace? So, look, Grace is down there. She did a write-up on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse for Freight Waves a little while ago, and I'm just definitely appreciative. She has her own show on Sirius XM, and I can't wait to check that bad boy out where she's talking about, uh, you know, logistics and whatnot. So we did have one person raise their hand. I'm going to go ahead 
and bring them to the stage. And boom, boom, boom. Hey, how you doing today, brother? Uh, Brother Mark, how you doing? Okay, you're going to have to unmute yourself to ask your question. Hey, Jory, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can definitely hear you, and I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. How about yourself? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, Thank you for having me and uh, allowing me to come on stage so I can ask my question. Um, I've been I've been uh, I've been listening a lot uh, since the meeting started. Uh, a little bit, bit of background for myself right now is uh, I was doing uh, local deliveries uh, with bands, and uh, as of last week, I partnered up with a good friend of mine who's a uh, owner operator running a box truck, and uh, he's been doing it for um, like you just said uh, in this golden age and about uh, for the last about a year and a half. And uh, I decided to go with them because I'm also uh, interested in seeing how the, um, how the industry is, uh, especially over the road, and uh, kind of get the uh, hands-on experience about how it is out here. And um, one of the things that I've come to learn is, uh, and this is a question for um, uh, Jeff and Jay, uh, because they're on the broker side, so they, they are in the middle the first person to encounter, uh, uh, you know, have that interaction with the customer. And... Um, my uh, my question is uh, because, uh, like we've mentioned, gas has gone up. Um, one of the things that my partner here has uh, has uh, has brought to my attention, and even on the load the load board, when you're uh, uh, looking for freight, is uh, uh, the, the 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 freight has gone down. Uh, um, the 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 much, um, and gas has gone up, um, and. Uh, just uh, a few days ago, we did a drop to a a a, a uh, cust- uh, We picked up a, a, a freight from a customer, and uh, uh, the, the distance was two thousand. And uh, you know, we just t- started chatting with the customer, and we told him, you know, yeah, gas is up right now. We're struggling uh, to get uh, reimbursed uh, good rates. And um, he said, "Well, I'm paying eighty cents uh, per mile for this uh, load that you guys are carrying." So, uh, question to Jeff and uh, Jake: um, How can you help me understand um, what's kind of going on with with the brokerage um, and the rates being so low? And yet, I hear from a customer that they're actually paying um, to compensate for for the for the gas prices. Yet, as a owner operator, it doesn't trickle down to us because you know, uh, Jory uh, being a dispatcher or him being a dispatcher. Um, I still have to give it my cut, and then you know I have to pay for gas. And um, with all those considered, how is it that we're not seeing the rates that we're seeing before, and brokers are not willing to pay yet on the back end? Uh, the customers are paying some form of uh, compensation for for the gas prices. Thank you. Um, I can uh, um, so. About half of our freight is contracted freight um, that we're moving, and that is moving on regular carriers with uh, regular lanes, regular shippers. The other half of that freight is moving on the spot market, and that spot market rate is exactly what it is. It's a spot market rate, and the customer may give it to us at one rate today, but if that same load moves on Friday – 
they may give it to us at a different rate because we're having to bid on that freight against other people. Um, and so when the market starts to move, and uh, uh, if you look at uh, DAT and Truck Stop, they put out a report every week or so, and uh, you can see where those spot market rates are falling out there. Um, and, uh, you know, while uh, a lot of our drivers and uh, carriers that we use, they like to negotiate an all-in rate. But we generally, in that negotiated rate, we're passing fuel back. We we're billing our customer based on the per mile rate that we're charging them for the line haul. Um, so generally, when we're negotiating, you know, we're we're not we're not trying to keep fuel money. Um, the fuel money, you know, we run our own owner operator, so we like to get that fuel money back to the owner operator, um, and that is not really part of the negotiating factor, but. A lot of these dispatchers uh, for these trucking companies like to just negotiate a flat all-in rate. So it really depends on how you negotiate your rate. Um, I always tell people to negotiate the per-mile rate, then negotiate the fuel, because the fuel should all come back to you, and it should be the per-mile rate. So if I was in your shoes uh, and negotiating with a broker, I would say, what's the fuel on this shipment? And I would say, what is the line haul on this shipment? And have it broke out. I think that was a great response, Jeff. Um, And Mark, did you, how'd you feel about that? Are you, did they give you some direction, some clarity on how that goes down? Oh, absolutely. And thank you, Jeff, Uh, especially on the, on the last statement there about, you know, uh, when negotiating with the brokers, you know we can we can definitely ask for the uh, the, the the fuel rate and the line uh, haul rate. Um, it, it, and for me, it was just trying to get a little bit of uh, information from that back end because you know uh, it also could be from you know being a, a very young company because you know some of these brokers are, are really not budging and uh, just trying to understand the market and, and at least hoping is is there going to be a turnaround? Are they going to be able to uh, pay a little bit more? Because even to, to pay for uh, $2 a mile right now has become really hard. And I'm seeing this firsthand as a, as a, a new person who's, who's starting up, um, like you were saying, uh, Jerry, with even just two two trucks, how, how it can be very difficult in this market to, uh, to make your margins. Um, so, but yeah, definitely some good answers there. Uh, and I appreciate the, the, the time. Yeah, no problem. Glad to help. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, again, great question, Mark. Um, and if there are any other questions, please raise your hand now because, you know, we do want to respect these gentlemen's time. Um, and in the meantime, I just want to say uh, thank you. You know, Jeff, Jay, this has been uh, a long time coming, being able to talk to Tim for like the last two months about getting you guys on this platform. But I think it was perfect to be able to highlight responsive logistics and the things that you guys have going on. I'm just uh, extremely elated to be able to do this. So thank you for uh, you know taking my invite. Well, as of right now, somebody else just joined the stage. It's a, definitely a friend to the stage. D, how you doing now? D, 
You gotta, you gotta unmute hey. yourself, man. Good evening. <laughs> good evening, everyone. How are you? Great, great. Um, oh, thank you. Good. I have a question about your company name, Prosponsive. You said it's a mix of proactive and responsiveness. How do you ensure that your staff actually embody those that meaning? How is there a, a training that you send them through? How do you make sure that they're actually doing what the name of the company says? Well, I'll take that question, Dee. Thank you. That's an excellent question. Yes, it is. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, so we have an extensive training program. And, again, it goes back to our belief about culture, right? If you if you want to say you have a great culture, then your employees, you know, again, have to feel valued. They have to be feel like they're trained and equipped to do the job. They have to see opportunity and growth. And so part of this rebrand, as I, as I mentioned before, was an accountability because we teach that in our training and, and everything we do when we train our employees. And by the way, we bring every employee we hire, no matter the position, to Atlanta for a week, for a week-long training with our corporate trainers. We also um, entertain them. We introduce them to the what we call the people operations team, which is the culture team, the support team, because support is so important. Um, and we want them to make sure they feel very a part of the company but we teach these values to them. But in the end, you know, if they're not embodying that, as you say, then our customers and our carrier partners are going to call them out for it. And that's why, to me, this rebrand is so important is because if we say we're pro-sponsive and we're not pro-sponsive, the market is going to take care of that. You know, you can teach people all day long, but the best teacher is life experience, right? And, and so, the minute that they're not responsive to a customer, for example, they avoid a confrontation because there's been, say, a wreck on a load and they don't want to hear the customer get upset with them. So they just decide not to, to give them that information until it's you know too late or something of that nature. Then the customer is going to call them out on it and they're going to be accountable to it. And so accountability is the best training source you know, from my perspective, but we do have an extensive training program where we teach not only those values, but the skills they need to do their job well. So. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. D great question. Thank you so much for that response, Jay. And I agree, man, you know, going through the process of hiring employees myself and training them from the ground up, uh, you know, it feels good knowing when, you know that you've equipped them to do exactly what they need to do. And, you know, uh, that can definitely play a huge part on how they feel about the culture of the company. Uh, you know, do they feel supported? Do they feel like they know how to get their job done or are they stressed all the time? <laughs> so um, yeah. I think that's a great question. It was an excellent question. Yes, sir. Um, well, again, um, so the first person I ever worked with at your organization way back in the day was Tori in short. So shout out to that brother. <laughs> you know. Love Tori. Good old, good old team. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then shout out to Brian because me and Brian Boston at the uh, Atlanta Logistics Connection and having a conversation with him about, you know, this here platform, the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse, he uh, showed interest that you guys might be interested in doing it and that's how we got here so again also shout out to tim for allowing 
you know, for doing all the corresponding back and forth. Um, but yeah, fellas, were there awesome. any closing remarks that you guys wanted to uh, make? The only one I have is we're very appreciative, Jory, of this platform. Thank you. It was our pleasure to do this. And, uh, you know, again, uh, we, we're very appreciative. Yes, yeah, sir. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm figuring this platform out as we have gone along here. <laughs> and I had I known how to completely use this platform, I could have invited more people into this room. Um and, uh, you know, I have a lot of transportation contacts um, on here that I did not realize were on here on this platform. Yes, uh, sir. So there must be uh, a lot more going on on this platform than I ever knew about. Um, so there's there, there was a buzz going around, but I didn't hear the buzz until just now. <laughs> uh, so... I'll be back on the platform again. Well, yes, sir. Um, look, if you guys would like, we can definitely do a follow-up in six months to see how, you know, the, the culture is taking off and, you know, the growth that you guys, to see if you guys got more than your eighth office, if, you, if, you're, if you're on your tenth office by then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that sounds good. Well, well, that might be good timing because, <clears throat> um, you know, they – you know, there's there's also the buzz out there about the economy, about the tank, right? So, yes, sir. So, in six months, six or eight months, we'll we'll know kind of what direction this economy is going. Maybe. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah. uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I, I just have to uh, wish and prepare for the best, and also at the same time for the worst. Just because this is this is my gig now, transportation. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm here to stay. So uh, I'm definitely at the whim of the industry as of now. Um, but yeah, that's great. Yes, sir. this has so, been this has been thank, fun. Yeah, appreciate you. So thank you guys and everybody who's listening. I might even hear this after the fact. Uh, thank you for the support always. Uh, next week we have a, a very exciting guest uh, there. A brand new brokerage, you know, so we have very tenured uh, brokers right now. But next week we are going to be speaking with uh, leadership team from Freight Bona. Um, just I'm, I'm excited to hear what they have to say about uh, starting a newer organization in this this day and age. So uh, tune in with us next Wednesday for that. And as always, on Mondays at 730 a.m. as we partner up with Freight Waves, uh, their sonar team right here to talk about the hot lanes, where to send your trucks, and where not to send your trucks. So um, I'll definitely see you guys on Monday at 730. And again, fellas, thank you for your time. Yo. Send, send me a link to the other, other one, um, that next show. Okay, which one, the Frey Bono or the uh, – The Frey Bono. Yeah. Okay, will do, sir, will do. I'll, uh, I'll jump on there and listen on that. Okay, sounds it's good. Thank you, gentlemen. Y'all go get something to eat now. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And good night, everyone. Thank you. Good, good night. night. Bye-bye.